welcome to Stories from Home, Living the Just Transition, a podcast series by the Climate Justice Alliance that takes us behind the scenes in local communities building sustainable and equitable climate justice solutions in their own backyards. Climate Justice Alliance is a growing member alliance of 70 urban and rural frontline communities, organizations, and supporting networks in the climate justice movement. In Stories from Home, Living the Just Transition, we'll hear from the organizations, creators, and communities spotlighted in Story Snapshots, a new CJA project that draws from local arts, creativity, and culture to express the vision, heart, and day-to-day work of communities building just transitions across the Alliance. I'm Keenan Rhodes with CJA and the Kepper Institute in Indianapolis, and I'll be your host. Welcome to Stories from Home, Living the Just Transition, Guahusi Manyaka Dioro, Guinea Islas Marianas, Gientalui Pacifico. I'm Manyaka Dioro. I am your guest host for today's episode, and I am a CGA representative from the member org Micronesia Climate Change Alliance. I'm so excited to be your guest host today, and today we are talking to Keenan Rhodes of Kepra Institute in Indianapolis, Indiana, the latest contributor to CGA's Story Snapshots. Kine, you're usually on the other side of this mic, but this time it's you who have created some art depicting the just transition in your own community. We'll get to that first, but first, please tell us a little bit more about who you are, what's your role at Kepra, and what brought you into the climate justice realm. I'm Keenan Rhodes. I am a photographer and filmmaker, um, storyteller with the Kepra Institute in Indianapolis, Indiana, of which Kepra Institute is a member org of the Climate Justice Alliance. And I'll begin with my story and how I started with Kepra Institute. So I have been around the executive director, Imhotep Adisa, and the program director, Paula Fair, ever since I was seven years old. So um, you could say I was raised within Kepra. My mother was a part of the first group of interns when Kepra Institute started in 2003. So as a young person, I was introduced to these two beautiful and amazing lifelong mentors that would help through this institute shape and inform my understanding of myself, encourage me to grow beyond my limits, show me all these different ways in which the world works and also to how to, to quote the alchemist, uh, to turn myself into the wind. At seven years old, I was one of the younger people that was around. Um, so Kepper Institute was initially, was initially started out of a practical problem of the executive director, Imhotep Adisa's son, Diop Adisa, was having some academic challenges and, and while he was in high school. And so out of that experience, so, you know, what are we going to do? Um, can't send him to summer school, um, <laughs> which there's another story behind that. But a community's interest in helping assist the development of a young person in their community, even though it was just through family, was the seed that began Kepper Institute as an entity. Kepper Institute is about community empowerment through self-mastery. What that basically means is in order to be a great gift to community, you also have to be a great gift in a way sort of to yourself. You have to focus and harness your own development 
in order to be a good resource to your community. Since I was seven years old, I have grown up in that kind of a culture, in this organization that has that kind of a culture as a staple. And it's informed a lot of my my decision-making, the way that I practice my art, the, th- the stories that I do decide to tell, and also um, helped inform my, um, my philosophical underpinnings, if you will. Wow, that's such an uh, amazing backstory of how the movement really molded you and how Kepper really, Kepra really molded you. Uh, just listening to you speak and speak of the, um, the names of the people that um, have been at the front of this uh, amazing organization and the growth of this organization, Imhotep and Diop and even Kepra, it's such an unusual name. Do you, is there a, a story as to the unusual um, name of, of Kepra and what that means? Like, I mean, for those of you who don't know, it's spelled K-H-E-P-R-W. So uh, if you can give a little bit of insight as to the, the background of the naming of this organization and, and its significance, that'd be really appreciated. Yes. And I, I um, would love to. So, you know, I've heard like every uh, pronunciation of Kepra. Uh, you can imagine Kepra, Kepru, Kepri, um, Kappa. <laughs> I've like, <laughs> so there, there's many, many variations that like that I've heard throughout the years. But Kepra itself is a, it is a hieroglyphic word that means represents the scarab beetle. So the scarab beetle, which is also our logo, is a beetle that lays its eggs in um that lays its eggs in dung. So the metaphor though and what that represents um from a spiritual perspective is that from the 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 muck of this world, from the grime, from the dirt, from the mud, um you can breathe new life or create new life. And so that is in a sense what Kepra fundamentally is about. That's that inherent focus on growth, focus on intentional development of people, and not just in response to the surroundings and the environment that we're in, but what is it that, what is the new life that we can create within our own communities? So that's where the name Kepra comes from. But I want to say a couple of things that I feel um, how Kepra actually does this. So Kepra is intergenerational, it's multicultural, and it's birthed from the spirit of resistance. It is an institution that's been built to be able to create a sustainable culture and to create long-term impact in the community. And it does that through focusing on youth, allowing young people to have leadership positions, opportunities for failure, which Miss Fair, excuse me, which Mrs. Fair often describes as a first attempt in learning. All of these pieces are a part of the the cultural makeup of Kepra, which is what helps us. And these 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 other components of Kepra really help us with that mission of breathing and creating new life and creating new culture within our communities. No, I'm really I'm really resonating and feeling deeply about that sort of focus on the individual. I mean, so much in um, movement work and in coalition building, we get caught up in in strategies for the national, for the regional, for the even the local, and and so many times. Uh, in so many ways, we're not really addressing the personal, the individual. And I really love how Kepper really starts for when people are really young and really wanting to 
give um, youth, especially youth from oppressed and, and minority communities, a platform in which they can develop and fail and and um, cope in healthier ways. And that's definitely something that you don't see enough of within movement spaces or in general in our society. So big ups to Kepra and, and all the work that you've um that they've done and the modeling that they're showing for how we need to be moving and what and ways that we could improve on this idea of self-mastery because really it is um, transformation really does start from an individual basis. I'm wanting to know a little bit more about your role though in, in today in Kepra and the, and the work that you've been doing these past few months during COVID and, and before that. All right. I will answer this to the best of my ability. And like I said earlier, I've been in Kepra Institute since I was seven years old. What I have done within Kepra has changed throughout the years a lot. I have changed and my roles and responsibilities at Kepra has changed as the organization and the people, the collective within it has changed. I have done everything from urban gardening, composting, um, to facilitating conversations as a young adolescent to um, through high school, been a part of and facilitated book studies. I remember, and actually, and I'll tell a specific story about this and um, another point in the interview, or maybe I'll come back to it um, as far as an example of impact and um, op- allowing young people opportunities to lead. So um, I've led facilitated conversations on book studies. Um, And actually, Kepper is also where I had a chance to, within my own community, learn the storytelling skills that um, I've been able to harness and grow in throughout the years. And so I've worn like so many different hats. And now the most recent hat, um, and I feel like one that has given me a lot of internal joy um, and also... Uh, been a way for me to be able to put back into this organization and this uh, entity that I've gotten so much from is being a mentor to a group of young people. Over the summer, um, so actually as the host of this podcast, there are a lot of things that I learned about podcasting um, as far as just how to make it work in um, this digital age. And also with podcasting, it requires, it doesn't require as much equipment you know, as other mediums of storytelling. So podcasting, all you need is a computer, you know, and a mic and something to record, um, something to record on. So podcasting was actually one of the ways that we could still do storytelling, still do, still do impactful storytelling while also um, following the regulations and the best practices to keep each other safe um, due to the due to the pandemic and the um, lack of containment of the coronavirus, so this past summer I worked with a group of young people, and these are also uh, fellow young people who have also grown up in Kepra, um, and taken I've taken the learnings of hosting this podcast and the structural pieces and taught those skills to them um, as we formed our own podcast called uh, Homegrown Solutions Sustainability in Crisis. And so we as a team uh, interviewed people from the neighborhood and from our community 
um, about just emotionally where they were at. Um, it was the start of the pandemic when we began this um, initiative. So where people were at, what do people see going on in this moment in their own pockets of the neighborhood, how community is adjusting and creating its own solutions to the problems that were before that were and still are before us because, you know, as we know now, the pandemic and the virus is still not under control in the United States. So uh, that was something recently that made me feel very proud. Uh, Aside from that, I also manage the video work, do a lot of storytelling work still with with Kepra and also with- Climate um, Justice Alliance. Yeah, um, as a fellow with the Climate Justice Alliance. So through my fellowship with them, it's provided me an opportunity to be able to give back to this organization and still continue to put in um, what I've been able to receive and what other people have poured into me. That's what I, um, kind of a snapshot of what I do, among other things, uh, within Kepra, and um, also what I've been up to in the midst of this pandemic. And, you know, that's such a, a beautiful outlook on life and a beautiful way to, like, uh, to be about the movement of wanting to be of service and, and wanting to give back to the people who have given um, given to you. And I think that's a beautiful, uh, a, a beautiful way of just being. I'm really hoping that we see a lot more, especially young people reflecting from your story and within their own lives on how they can be of service or, and even seeking out the services that they may need to be of service or to even realize that they have a role to take in shaping the future that is deserving of the next generation and is not so troublesome and worrisome in many ways that um, we see today because of climate change and all the other political unrest in our country. So I feel like the work that Kepper's doing, the work that you are doing individually as a storyteller is so important and so necessary for the world and for your own community and not just your own community. The the this podcast specifically is grounded in the just transition and and living the just transition and i wanted to see how you incorporate and learn about how um exactly you use your storytelling to uplift the ideas of the just transition within your organization and and um and within your work with cja if you could speak to that a little bit well yeah i'll start with quoting um gil scott heron um, beloved poet, and um, I'll say, um, <laughs> what an excellent, like, not just poet, but also um, beautiful and authentic uh, truth teller. Um, he said, the revolution will not be televised. And when he was asked in an interview what that meant, he said, it won't be televised because the revolution first starts in your mind. So when you think about just transition, you're thinking about a cultural shift in values and values to a new world that is not based on a model of deficit and scarcity, but a model of abundance, a model of caring and, uh, and sacredness. So to me, that just transition uh, is embodied through the work that we do because it's all based in the we over the I. We and I both coexist, but it is about making sure that your actions and the behaviors that you practice in community um, are reflective of creating a culture that is grounded in the best interest of the collective and not just for personal, uh, personal gain. So... There's four main E's that our like work kind of concentrates around. There is uh, economy, environment, education, and empowerment. 
I think empowerment is central uh, first and foremost, and it speaks to uh, all the other pieces that we do. But when it comes to educating um, and also in terms of the just transition, education is key in understanding the paradigms that we live in and understanding the things that um, ail us and the things that, I'll say the things that, um, reaching for words, excuse me. So uh, yeah, go ahead and take your time and, and figure out how you best want to piece that. I'm just like so in awe and like just um, snapping over here <laughs> to when you, you know, uh, bring up your, your quote of Jill Scott and like uh, just this idea of needing to shift from the I to the we and from, from being just mindless consumers to real, um, real impactful and meaningful members of society that can um, be of service for the betterment of not just, you know, human relations, but all those that we share there are ecosystems with. So I really appreciate you and uh, this work of kind of tying in all those pieces together from the perspective of, of empowering youth and from the, and from the, um, from the notion that, that our stories and experience and lived experiences matter as a storyteller. Thank you. And, and actually now I'll, I'll return to this point. Um, so education in terms of just transition is key. You have to know about your past, about the history and how we got to the present of today. You won't get to tomorrow, or at least the decisions and the history of yesterday should inform your decision making in the present so that you can creatively have an impact on the future. So education is key. Uh, economy. We have to rethink about the way in which we consume resources. We have to think about the our we have to rethink our relationship to earth to our home in order to be able to have a just transition. So all of these, and you know, I could keep going on and on and even especially about that, the point of empowerment and also the point of, cause I said, what environment. And, and I think environment speaks for itself on um, the environmental piece. I have to completely and clearly uh, reimagine, rethink our, our relationship with our environment and treat things as sacred, treat things with care, treat things, not just treat things, but people as well, other animals, other creatures that coexist and live with us on earth. There has to be a relationship of harmony and has to be moved away from the current model of being, which is uh, consume, 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 take, 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 um, and act like resources are unlimited on a finite planet. Definitely. I think you nailed that, Keenan. <laughs> Uh, in in those four E's, and you know, saying it, it saying it out loud, and hearing it all, it makes so much sense. But um, I really feel like the work that you guys are doing at Kepper lives it. it. It's it's like walking the walk and not just talking that talk, you know. And the work, especially in your in your storytelling and in your filmmaking, and really showing that relationship between people and the environment around them, and people to people, is um, something that's it's beautifully exhibited in, in just your trailer for your story snapshot projects. Um, so if we can transition a little bit and, and talk about your story snapshot project and can you, um, it was a film and can you talk a little bit about that, about the, the specifics of your story snapshot project with Kepra and um, Climate Justice Alliance. And then I, um, after that, I want to dive in a little bit more about the relationship between 
art, storytelling, um, the just transition and, and building this bigger we. Sure. And and I'd love to. So the snapshot project that I did with that I did with Kepper Institute and the Climate Justice Alliance, it is a short film that captures the heart and the essence of who we are as a collective um, of people and the guiding principles of what we believe in, which is community empowerment through self-mastery. As I mentioned earlier, community empowerment through self-mastery is so important because, and I'll say this to just to be real clear and drive this home, that we are not separate from each other. Even this conversation that you and I are having, it's not separate from you and I, uh, even though we're like digitally hundreds of thousands of miles apart, uh, or maybe it's just thousands, maybe that's like a gross exaggeration. <laughs> even though we're very far apart, um, it's still, um, the conversation is still grounded in in our connection to one another through the work that we do and through those guiding philosophies and principles that we believe in. So at the same time, we are not separate. We all each have our own personal journeys that are inherently connected to each other. So this snapshot project, I what I wanted to do was visually bring that to life. Um, so I did some interviews with the founders and with folks that were early on members. I wanted to show the longevity and show that you know it's a it's a generation to generation uh, type of generational change that you want to that we are trying to make in our community. Um, and I showed I wanted to also show the actual members and the faces um, and actually show you like the neighborhood. So I have clips um, of the neighborhood in there. I have um, pieces from these interviews about our philosophical underpinning. Um, and really this piece is to just show show the world the things that are, are not on paper, you know. Or that won't be televised. Like, exactly. Even though like this short, well, it might be, it'll be streamed. Um, not to say that this is like, that is a revolutionary piece or et cetera, et cetera, because I don't want to over romanticize it, but it is, I want to, I wanted with this film to show that, um, this is who we are and this is the world that we are trying to, not even trying, but that we are collectively creating together. And then also I wanted to showcase the actual work that we do and how we embody, uh, those principles in that work. Wow, yeah, I just saw the um, trailer and I'm so excited to see the full piece. I am too. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> I'll um I'll I'll speak to um well a couple of just, you know, my personal challenges just with um you know, sometimes also when it comes to creating things that are like are not like very um also like very heavily scripted or more abstract. I think about people like Khalil Joseph. I think about people like Spike Lee who are like I feel like those are two filmmakers who um I look up to whose work I look up to and admire and respect. Um but you know, and I I always am like curious about their process especially because they both have uh, I feel like more abstract approaches to to storytelling. Um, so like kind of the challenge of like, well, how do I put these things, how do I put all of these ideas together without it feeling like a commercial, without it feeling like, um, without it feeling inauthentic? How do I make this piece that feels like, um, that feels like us and that shows us, 
in a very um in in a humane way not just the 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 work that we do um and the things that we produce in the community but like the what is the heart of Kepra you know and how do we how do I actually capture that um on film using my skill set wow um, I do want to talk a little bit more about your skill set and how you develop that as a storyteller because it, it, it does involve from video to podcasting. It involves a lot of um, technical skill sets and you do it so beautifully. And, and I also want to point, make a point um, to just acknowledge, um, you spoke a little bit earlier about the connections that we share and um, the space that isn't, a divide, isn't dividing us. And and the ways that you've been able through technology, through this di digital realm, been able to really connect uh, with uh, on a really deep and personal way um, with other people in this climate justice realm um, with our relationships with CJ, but you most especially uh, being the host of this pod, the, the usual host of this podcast and facil you've facilitated some really beautiful conversations and really have given so many of us listeners out there insight and, in, and inspirational conversations to the real work and real transformational revolutionary work that people are doing out there in the world. And every time I listen to one of these podcasts, I just listen, and even just listening in to, uh, to you speak about your work personally now, I always um, leave more inspired and more um, committed to the work that I do here at home. So just wanted to get that out there but yeah so going back to the question so as a storyteller i love that you brought in your different influences and um you're quoting all these really really beautiful minds who have really shaped um your reality and the reality for many more of us but i i wanted to get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty of the technical skills that you've developed and if there are people who, who are out there who are wanting to do podcasting or wanting to do filmmaking what are some of the ways in which you've developed and sharpened these tools that are needed to um, create in those ways I remember when I was an adolescent like a you know like a young man of I think I'm still a young man at 24 <laughs> but um, when I was even younger uh, as a child I used to take photos with my father's camera. So he had this digital Sony camera um, that I used to like practice on. And I feel like that planted those small experiences of taking those photos um, with my father, uh, planted this idea of being a visual like uh, storyteller. So um, as far as my own creative history, I was involved in choir for like several years, I think um, seven years of my life between middle school and high school. Um, so in addition to like visual storytelling, I was also um, and still am interested um, heavily in in audio storytelling um, and in music. So um, fast forwards from being like, you know, seven, eight years old, holding my father's camera to uh, being 15. So there's this photography course that was offered at my high school and I was able to take photos um, and learn more about like the actual art of photography. So I learned a lot of the technical pieces, how to shoot on manual, et cetera, et cetera. But that was a much deeper dive into visual storytelling. So those are two like experiences that that kind of planted the seed of visual storytelling. And actually throughout the years, um, between the practice that I got with community and also my studies at um, Indiana University. I graduated two years ago with a degree in journalism. 
I cultivated a lot of skill sets around storytelling. One quick piece, and this is very important to for me to say this, um, as far as especially as it relates to the snapshot project. So I actually, so you know, I took photos for um, you know when I was younger, and I took photos in high school. I hadn't actually started in video production until I came back late high school to Kepra, where there was a there was a cameraman that was working as a part of our core team, and he and also his mentee. Um, so there's this 32 year old man from the community who um, was a aspiring cinematographer himself, and he had a mentee who was uh, two three years younger than me, and his mentee. So he's like 15 and I'm like 17, 18. He taught me how to use Premiere Pro. And I got experience with the uh, aspiring filmmaker to uh, learn about actual video production. So that was a skill that was like cultivated in my community. And I further sharpened it through the experience that I got at IU and through my studies. And also um, post-college where I've been like... Uh, I've been a part of music videos. I've been on a couple of film sets for TV shows. Actually, no, let me say that. I've been on one film set for a TV show. I've been, <laughs> um, I've done many music videos, and I've also done uh, now a couple of documentaries. And I've also like had my own um, solo uh, exhibit for my photography here in my um, here in Indianapolis. And so, really, just look forward to like just keep growing um, my skills in storytelling. And um, I think the audio storytelling, definitely the seed was planted uh, with with my practice as a musician, but that was also further strengthened by like just being a journalism student um, at IU. And now we're like, you know, where journalism is at today, you have to know how to do it all yourself. You have to know how to take your own video interviews, write your own questions, take your own photos and record your own um, clean audio. All of those things have led to a skill set that has provided me not only amazing opportunities for my own growth and development as a storyteller, but also as tools for me to teach to other young people um, and other aspiring filmmakers and other aspiring storytellers uh, to be able to empower them with tools and skills to be able to tell their own stories of their own communities. Yeah, that's where it's at. I really love how um, that you always want to bring it back to your community. And even with these skill sets, you know, the, these are um, incredibly important skills to have, especially in the world we live in today, where everything is mostly needing to be digital. And, and um, since we can't be meeting in person, I really appreciate how you are using your um, personal passions to really uplift the community and, and amplify the stories on the ground, not just in your own communities, but with through um, the, this podcast, amplifying the stories of others as well. So um, it's so important to have these skills. And I'm really glad to see that you are, are making sure that you pass it on and, and make it easier for those who come after you. And I appreciate you saying that and uplifting that because just to me, it's, it all starts with like the community, you know, Imhotep uh, also like called M by many people in the community. Um, he said something that like just stuck with me. Um, and I'm trying to remember the quote. It wasn't I am because we are, which I also hear often around this space. But um, we we live in a culture that's like very that that's separate, you know, that that drives separation and drives the individual, not through the lens of like, you know, how can you improve your own personal journey, you know, 
prove yourself upon your own personal journey so that you can help others. But like, you know, what can I get? What kind of trinkets can I collect? What kind of wealth can I by myself amass and hoard for myself? But, you know, to be able to give that back is important because no one will... For starters, no one even in this world comes into the world by themselves. So there's nothing about our human experience that says or verifies um, a separate experience or an experience of just the individual that exists like in a vacuum. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Um, So I always try to, you know, at the end of the day, like reconnect uh, other people's journeys to my own journey because mine is not separate from theirs. Mm-hmm. My lear- just as my learning is not separate from theirs, you know, not neither are the like the pain and like the the struggles and the celebrations of um, of my community. Not, none of that is separate. So uh, I did want to go back to um, this idea of storytelling and the importance of storytelling and realizing justice. And your story snapshot, and and when it does come out, like, um, what are your hopes for it? Are you hoping to enter it into any um, film um, screenings, or uh, what's the hopes for your story snapshot? And and what's the role of of the storytelling through realizing the just transition? Okay, I'll answer this in two parts. That question of the role that storytellers have in realizing justice um, and in realizing the just transition. Well, first, I, I, I really love that question. I think that art has the potential to change minds. It has the potential to represent the emotion and the spirit of the world of today and also create and challenge the ideas and thoughts of the present. And at the same time, it also can breathe life into the desired future state, you know, that we all seek to create. Art can, you know, art can be a vehicle for assisting in the world building of that future, um, that brighter future that we dream of and that we um, work towards and we strive for. And so storytelling, I mean, is so important because when you think about (laughs) so many things and and I'll, I'll, I'll try to stand on my soapbox for as short amount of time as possible. I think that we as human beings have separated ourselves from nature. So often it's, it's, it's very difficult when you're not looking at our connection to nature to understand what sep- separates us, um, I feel like, as a species. And I think there are many things that I, th- that I think separate us. Um, and I think one of those things is um, the ability to create culture and myths. I don't know if animals have their own myths, so I can't say that that is a uniquely human trait. But I think that the way in which we, um, the way in which we enact and enable them, has a different kind of impact on the world than um, any myths that might exist uh, among other animals or other lived uh, lived beings, living beings, I should say. So, you know, in when it comes to these myths. Right, uh, we create culture around uh, these myths, and all of that culture and these myths um, is is inherently storytelling, you know. So, if you have a culture that's created around the myth of manifest destiny, you get the results that we have today, because it's a culture that's been, cre- you know, capitalism and um, extraction are pieces of our culture that have been created around the myth that the world that the earth 
um, is our playground and it belongs to us and only us. So um, in order for us to, I feel like, realize justice and to me, you know, realizing justice is not just uh, being against or in reaction to oppression, but also creating it's um, creating the world that you want to see where you can define and leverage justice for yourself. But storytellers have the power with their skill sets um, and their imaginations to be able to help people realize that world um, and to be able to see it, to make it tangible, to feel it. So I feel like that that is the role that storytellers have in realizing justice. It's how do we as storytellers create the world and help bring this new world into being and interpret it so that it can be understood and channeled and received uh, by others so that we can all elevate. Wow, Keenan, that's, that's, that's real. Um, it's resonating with me deeply, especially, you know, given a moment where we have all these fires um, and we're suffering from a pandemic that's really attacking our respiratory system and our lungs when you said that the artists and the storytellers breathe life, I really felt that because breath is so important and it's under attack right now in so many, in so many ways from our air um, and our own um, bodily functions to be able to just breathe and exist and um, having storytellers be a breath of fresh air and necessary force for living is something that I think that is just true. <laughs> and necessary. And um, I appreciate you providing that that visual for me and making that connection for me um, in describing the role of storytellers and um, in realizing justice in the just transition. So thank you for that. Thank you for asking. I, I really love that. Really, really love that question. Yeah, it's such a, um, and you have such a, you're such a creative, you're such a, um, good facilitator of conversations, not only in English, but in Spanish too. Wow. So it really is just um, me just coming in here and taking over your seat for a little bit and learning a little and having our, our listeners learn a little bit more about the man behind the mic for the most part. And I think it's going to be a real treat for everybody. Um, I have a few more questions about your story snapshot and when and where, Ask away. when and where people can find it. And um uh, and know more a little bit about the work of Kepra and yourself and, and how they could learn um, and follow you on your journey and, and learn more about how to support Kepra. The snapshot, as we speak, it is receiving its finishing touches, and we hope to release it in December, and it will be available not just um, through Kepra's like social media pages and our YouTube, but it will be, I believe, released first with the Climate Justice Alliance as a part of our Story Snapshots project and also will live on the Stories from Home website. So how long um, is the how long is the documentary and you know it is only 10 minutes. Oh wow. And it is very brief but I wanted to you know use these 10 like use the 10 minutes uh in order to be able to you know be concise in how um the story is portrayed. Um, let's see. And then the other piece, as far as supporting Kepra, you can go to um, that. You can go to <laughs> www. Um, so just go to Kepra.org. That's K-H-E-P-R-W dot O-R-G. Um, 
there you can find um, there you can find like links to the videos that we've done in the past. You can find links to the resources that we have available in community. You can also find more about all of the initiatives that we do and also different ways in which you can get involved and support. There's a variety of things that Kepra does um, and it's all you know grounded in it's all grounded in empowering community. Um, and so if that's something, you know, if that's a worldview that speaks to you, um, if that's something that, that speaks to your spirit, I definitely encourage you to check us out, um, look us up and definitely get in touch. Let's see. And then as far as my own personal journey, um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of just things that I, I just kind of keep up in the, um, you know, keep up in the air. Um, so this story snapshot is, is, uh, one piece and it's something that's, it's a project that's very special to me to be able to use my skill set to, uh, create this kind of, um, a visual, create this kind of a visual, like, um, that represents my community and something that means so much to me. Um, but I also still do music videos with my close friends. You know, like I said, also we'll be releasing the podcast that the young, the, team of youth storytellers um, did this summer with Kepper Institute, um, along with myself, we'll be releasing those um, hopefully in this, within this month, because I really want to, you know, let them shine and just have their work be received by the community. Um, and also just like to have something to show for their work. So, and then also just a couple other things that like, uh, I got going that I'm not sure are worth mentioning, but um, <laughs> definitely have value to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And if people are interested, do you uh, maybe in the show notes, you can drop your um, social medias and the links to uh, Kepra and any social media and, um, and content that you created so we can all see it. Yeah. So actually, there's two documentaries that are out right now. Um, and actually, there is a third um, that I was involved with in the production aspect of it. Um, so there's, well, first on my socials, um, I'm either, so you can find my personal page, like on Instagram, and that's mainly where I uh, post work. And that's Keenan Rhodes Mediums. That's K-E-E-N-A-N-R-H-O-D-E-S Mediums. Um, and at Kepra, and that's just spelled Kepra, um, and you can find us on like on, on Facebook and on Instagram, and that's K H E P R W. And the three documentaries uh, you should be able to find um, on YouTube. The first one is still shining, the documentary um, about art you being used as a vehicle to transform trauma. Um, the second one is called Rude Solutions. It's about um, how communities are taking are taking the challenges of living in food and economic deserts into their own hands and creating um, new food systems for themselves. And the third one, uh, which is a documentary that we produced in partnership with Edna Martin Christian Center about um, an entrepreneurship, a free entrepreneurship uh, course that was taught in um, in the Marion County Jail um, by. Um, by a community, uh, <laughs> trying to describe accurately describe um, my good my good brother uh, Emmanuel Ivy, but but taught by somebody um, who's knowledgeable about entrepreneurship, a an entrepreneur himself, Emmanuel Ivy, um, and he taught that course, and we filmed um, the duration of his course. 
So those are three, you know, standout pieces, you know, that Kepper produced. So definitely you can check those out on YouTube. And I think, I think that is it. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of work for being so young and having those just be your more recent projects. That is, you definitely are a busy guy, busy storytelling, and not only doing those, but also doing two different podcasts and producing so much. So big ups to you for always being of service and always using your skills to uplift stories and amplify stories of um, of hope and stories from um, pe- regular folks on the ground living life and in so-called America. Zeus Ma'athi again, Keenan Rhodes for um, taking the time out today and for dropping some beautiful stories and knowledge for all of us here um, at home. Um, Yeah. And with that, thank you everybody for listening in. All right. Thank you everyone. Take care and stay safe. If you like what you hear, please share this episode. Donate at climatejusticealliance.org and sign up for our newsletter for updates. Also, let us know what you think of the podcast. You can find all our contact information, including social media, at climatejusticealliance.org. Story Snapshots is a project by the Climate Justice Alliance. From local to international, from prairies to mountains to island shores, from youth to elders, we work together toward a shared vision for the future. Stories from Home, Living the Just Transition is produced by Jessica Zhao, Keenan Rhodes, Olivia Burlingame, and Samantha Harvey. Our sound editing team includes Elijah Pogues, Jennifer Wager, and Callie Wright. The music is One Fine Day by The Insider and Stuff Will Never Love You Back by Dr. Turtle.